Check, check, check one, check two. Here we go. It's the uh, Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. Uh, This is the fifth episode. Thank you for coming along on this uh, cool, fun ride. I am having a ton of fun with this podcast. I'm listening to the other ones. I'm learning a lot. We're going to get better and better, smoother, nicer, different, ever-evolving, talking, vibing, loving, sharing, goofing, staring into the abyss, into nothing. I'm looking into my coffee cup. It's milky. It's brown. It's warm. It is mud, baby. That's what I'm sipping on. New York mud. I got a big cup. Uh, One of my favorite coffee. It's not my favorite favorite, but I got a bunch of coffee cups. But this one has a cool bubble graffiti that just says Brooklyn. Somebody, my wife was going to throw it out. She thought it was, you know, kind of uh, plain Jane. I was like, nah, nah, nah. The shading on this. With graffiti, it's about the shading. It's about the little touches. And whoever did this, whoever graphic designer got paid to do this, uh... There's actually a tag on here, like underneath the bubble letters. I can't make it out, but whoever did this knew what they were doing. It's not the bomb. It's not Scene. Uh, Scene is a really classic graffiti writer from the movie Wild Style Wars. You can check him out, graffiti artist Scene on Instagram. He's a graffiti artist that I do follow. Uh, I like following the really original classic graffiti artists. I still love uh, bubble letters and graffiti and murals. I mean, it's getting a little played out now, but the original joints, just even seeing the old subway trains in their graffiti uh, just makes me happy. I mean, if anybody knows me, you know that Beat Street is pretty much the movie. Uh, There's two movies, if you want to know my personality and my childhood, the two movies I watched the most were Sixteen Candles by John Hughes, uh, which is really funny, but now that you look back 25 years, some of the PC angle of the whole thing doesn't really play out that well. But uh, the jokes are still there, and it's shot really well in the pacing. I mean, John Hughes did come up with almost not the template for modern comedy, but all that, you know, all the Judd Apatow, all the... All the um, American Pie, all that stuff, you know, kind of, John Hughes was the first guy to kind of crack that open. That in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, who was that guy? Uh, that's a really great director that I know and love. Gotta Google it up, cause my brain is mush. Gotta drink some more coffee, drink this New York mud. Who directed... All right, here's the age of smart, dumb Google guy. My new character, who directed... And I know it's going to come to me. He's a famous director, and he directed Almost Famous. Uh, And I followed him for a time. I actually auditioned for a movie of his, and I'm spacing. God, who direct... Emily... No, who... Emily Heckler, a woman, directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Wow, he... This guy wrote it. Uh, but 
I do like that a woman directed that. That had a cool tone. A really cool tone, Fast Times at Richmond High. And I still think it is uh, one of my... F- Cameron Crow, Crow. Cameron Crow. Shout out to Cameron Crow. Uh, but how did I talk about that? Uh, I was talking about my movies, Beat Street. And I was talking about graffiti trains. That's what about the... This is how my brain... This podcast is perfect for me. I haven't even gotten high yet. And I'm all over the fucking map. But uh, Beat Street uh, was my favorite movie. And this guy, it was right when VCRs came out, 84, 85. And you, your family would only have like two or three movies. But the two movies we had, and this guy that uh, dated my mom after my dad passed away, this guy, Paul Castellano. Uh, I don't know if that's his real name. I've just made it up. He was an Italian dude from New York that came down to Virginia that was an old flame on my mom. But my mom turned him down. He tried to date my mom. But he would try to sweet talk me. And he bought me uh, Beat Street on VHS. And he bought me uh, 16 Candles. So I kind of liked him. But, you know, my mom never remarried after my dad died. I just think they were soulmates. I don't know. Some people are like that. I think I'm soulmate with my wife. I don't want any other chicks. Um, But, you know, I still am a dude and get horny and think about other chicks. But not really. But it is what it is. I should uh, stop being so introverted. Or, well, let's just change the direction of where this is going. Let's get back to the coffee and the wheat. This is the cannabis coffee hour. Now, I am drinking Mud, New York. Now, Mud, M-U-D. It's an actual roasting house and company and it came from a truck this was a truck in the lower east side and i remember they had their flagship coffee shop and it had it has great coffee and this this brand i'm drinking is actually called hippie mud it's called mud it's and here's the description you ready for the description country soul bright sunny and wild all right naturally balanced fruits and florals Earth tone, cups crisp and clean. Nice, I dig it. And their graphic design on the bag is super dope. Uh, their font, maybe a graffiti, New York graffiti dude did their fucking mud. A lot of these old graffiti dudes end up being graphic designers. Uh, but I got a cup of hippie mud, and then I actually went out and got a new bowl. I've been smoking out of a one-hitter, and it's just been clogging up, and that resin, that's the one thing about weed, is paraphernalia and resin gets in the fucking way, and it makes you feel like a crack addict after a while. So you gotta keep your paraphernalia clean and up-to-date and get rid of the old junk. But, uh, so I had a, on my last episode, I, I just have a classic old one-hitter. As you know, I don't, I'm not Captain smoke a lot. I don't smoke all the time. I just like to have some around now and then. But I went out and actually purchased a new glass bowl. Just a perfect, uh, not small, not too expensive, but not, I mean, I spent over $12 on this bowl, but under $20. That's brand new. It has a fat head. It has a knob. It's all spun and blown. I like glass, glass doesn't that metal one hitter stuff is uh i don't know just so much iron and metal and fire and smoke and after a while that's why vaporizers are so powerful i mean i should switch over to possibly a vape pen 
But I like the herb, and I think you should respect the herb. And we're respecting it today. The herb I got is actually the Kush. Uh, it's called Purple Kush. And uh, I looked it up on Leafly. Purple Kush, if you don't know, Kush is pretty much like the top strain out there. Maybe cookies, a couple others that are a little bit higher end uh, that are coming out. Some of this weed is getting so high-end boutique. It really, You really can go get you know, straight up uh, Foot Locker shoes, or you can go to the most trendiest boutique there is, and, you know, it just ranges. That's what's fun about this podcast. I would say this is a good bag of herb. It's not the freshest. It's kind of dried out. But the thing about dried out herb, it burns really good. So I crushed it really good. Uh, this is called Purple Kush. I'll just read the leafly. I dig it. Uh, Purple Kush is a pure indica strain that emerged from Oakland area of California as a result of a Hindu Kush and a purple Afghani crossbreed. Its aroma is subtle, earthy, sweet, overtones typical of Kush varieties, blissful, long-lasting euphoria, blankets the mind while physically relaxing and rids body of pain, sleepiness, and stress. Sleeplessness. No, it's going to make you sleepy. So it, it, at the end of the day, this uh, Kush is a really hardcore indica. Well, at least Purple Kush is. This is a hardcore indica. So this podcast, I could just take the biggest, fattest nap. And if I do, maybe I'll snore really musical and I'll put a funky-ass beat under the snore. But uh, no, this I got a, a cup of, of mud, New York mud, French-pressed coffee, and then I have Purple Kush grinded perfectly into a brand new bowl. Uh, nice big fat glass, new, not resined out, not fucking skunked out with cigarette butts or something. So let's fire this up. Um, I think I have a lot to talk about uh, besides the coffee. Did I taste the coffee? Let's taste this coffee. Oh yeah, that's coffee. I hit it with some milk. I don't give a shit about my creamer. You like, I can go almond milk. I like almond milk, but I'm not like, oh, it's gotta be almond milk or soy milk. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not. Don't put any labels on me, yo. Don't. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not. Uh, but I like to eat healthy. I like cashews. Uh, but I also like a hamburger. But I like a good hamburger. Don't give me any funky ass McDonald's death meat. But if I get some high end chuck, that's what you're looking for. The good chuck. Um, I'll fuck up a hamburger. My mom swears by eating a raw onion. That's another move. I do love onions. I like them cooked. I like them non-cooked. I'm like them raw. A lot of people hate onions. It gives them heartburn or funky breath. And it does both of that for me. But it also, I find that kind of citrus, like it kills a lot of germs. Onions, my mom swears that if you eat a hamburger with one slice, big thick slice raw of onion, that onion kills all the fat and all the death juice that's in that burger. So, I don't know, but my mom has lived a long time. She looked good forever. That's the weird thing about my mom. She looked 38 for about 30 years. And I'm starting to go that way. I mean, I'm old, but I, uh, I'm hanging in there a little bit. But I, I gotta watch it somewhat. Um, 
hold on, one moment. Somebody rang the fucking doorbell. That's the thing about the gut. But, but sometimes in New York, people just ring the doorbell and you don't even know who they are. Okay, I'm back. That was just some random beep. Right as soon as I'm about to spark this big-ass bowl of finely grounded purple kush, some dude's ringing my doorbell that I don't know. I think people come up and they just start ringing apartment door. It's so annoying. Not all the time. I always got to call and check and be like, who the... F- who is it? You know? Uh, but this time I did, who is it? And nobody answered. And I think it was just some delivery dude that was trying to get into the building. It's, you know... Sometimes you just blow... I gotta learn to blow shit off. Same thing with all these random robot calls that come in. You're like, oh, who's this number? It kind of looks like somebody from New York or L.A. that might give me a good job or a new gig. And then it's, hello, how's it going? I'm a robot. I'm here to try to steal your social security number. Will you please punch it in if you're senile? Uh, you know the scam. Real phone calls are fucking scams. I got to uh, doing this podcast is a, not stressful but I do think about it. That but that's the thing about podcasts. You got to just keep them going. It's like jumping rope. You got to keep them going, keep them going, keep them going and then you flip, flip, flip. Uh I do love jumping rope. I need to get a nice good jump rope. The leather strap joint and then you get the clickety clack going and when you work out Oh, man, that is some good New York mud. Okay, fresh glass bowl. Some hippie blew this glass. He went to school for like six months in Vermont. He took a kombucha-making class, but that shit didn't make it work out. He fucking made some poison and turned his roommate green when he drank it. So then he started blowing glass. Uh, and now he makes silverware and doesn't... And he's an AA. But for a good two years, he made some of the bowls that everybody sold at the fish shows uh, in 2014. Ah, that was just some random shit. Okay. There's something sophisticated about smoking just a nice bowl. And there's something personal. You know, it's it's a glass, perfectly good glass pipe. Um, I got my hash pipe. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, how good is that song? Hash pipe by Weezer. That's a good tune. That's a good stoner tune. Good rock tune. It's just got a good riff. Um, cause there's just a certain feel like right after you take a hit. I don't need much. I just one hit. I might take a second one. But there is that point of just like, eh, fuck it. I'm gonna smoke a pipe. Uh, I'm going to smoke some weed, um, which is much better than tobacco, I think. No, I know. It definitely doesn't, isn't as cancer deriving, but it's still a little bit of a vice. But out of all the vices you could do, coffee and weed, I think, are the ones that I can manage the best and also utilize for creative pursuits and relaxation. But, uh, yeah, so, no, this purple kush tastes great. I think I'm going to take another hit of the pipe. Uh, pipe smells are nice. I'm talking classic pipes. 
tobacco pipe, pipe tobacco. I used to have an aunt and uncle. I think they were like my second aunt, but my dad was in, always kept in touch with them. They lived way out in the country, but he was in Pennsylvania. Most of my family's from Virginia, but these guys were from Pennsylvania. We went way out. But uh, they always, their house always smelled like a pipe. He had a, he had that roller, the old dude that lived there. I don't know if I was related. I only went there like four or five times, but they were good. My Aunt Jane. I don't know if she was my aunt. I think my, it was my dad's like second cousin, but we just called her Aunt Jane. And I think she remarried, but I didn't know the dude that well. And I just remember the place smelled like pipes, and I loved that smell. And they watched Hee Haw. I remember watching Hee Haw there as a young uh, little dude running around in some aunt's house that smelled like pipes. And uh, also walnuts. Like, remember the nut crackers? That's the type of weather it is here in Brooklyn. It's gotten cold. It's, it's, I'm wearing green corduroys, a green sweatshirt. I got some thick socks on. I got some hot coffee that's kind of room temperature now because I had to prepare for this podcast and everything. But I still love coffee. I I don't I, I hate it when it's way too hot. Um I don't like and sometimes I like cold coffee. Actually yesterday I made a pot of this in the afternoon, but I didn't drink like after four you can really throw off your system if you're still uh pounding coffee. Um so I made a pot uh, in the afternoon, but I drank half of it. But then I poured the rest of it in a nice porcelain cup, like one of my coffee cups. And it's porcelain. And something about porcelain in the refrigerator, it just refrigerators, uh, refrigerates and cools the coffee down just right. So I had this, and it kind of, it got chocolate-ly. So this morning, that's what I had was yesterday's vat of coffee leftover that chilled overnight in a porcelain cup. So I drank that down and I ate a half of grapefruit, um, which was delicious. It was a ruby red grapefruit. Nothing better than a fucking ruby red. I had a grapefruit in Florida the other week that uh, was amazing. I've had some wild shows lately, people. I got to one of the best shows of my life. I could I could honestly honestly say this. And definitely a goal and definitely a dreamscape, but I got to play the the Beacon Theater in New York City on the Upper West Side, which is one of the top theaters in New York City, one of the oldest. It's not Carnegie Hall and it's not Radio City Music Hall. And those venues are I think more like 5,000 to like 8,000, this is 3,000, three-tiered, two-tier, two balconies, two balconies, pocket, Upper West Side, classic architecture, old theater, fully union. Uh, I got to play the New York Comedy Festival with Tracy Morgan. It was such a blessing, man. It was just a fucking awesome gift. And I'm really lucky as a comedian to get to do this gig. And I know it. I know, I've been around long enough that I know how lucky I am to do that gig. Because not many comics are playing the Beacon on Saturday night. So at Saturday, there was a 10-15 show for the New York Comedy Festival. It was Tracy Morgan. And I've been opening for Tracy. And this was booked on the schedule. 
But something we have like he uses like five different comics to open. So we rotate in. Sometimes there's like three of us. Sometimes there's five of us. So he didn't use me on Friday night. I got a text, which isn't a big deal because it they're good gigs. But it, I mean, it's hard work. It's hard road. You know, flying on a private airplane is hard work. It's not. It's all blessing. It's all good. But you're moving. I mean, it's rock star. You're moving and you're focusing your mind in a whole different way. I mean, it's if anybody's traveled or done the road or even traveling salesmen, it's just that mentality that you can't really miss flights. You can't miss time. There's show times. There really wasn't much downtime uh, on this tour, but we also got to go to... Did I, did I tell you guys about Disney World last week? I, I listened to all the podcasts. I don't know. I, get, I start talking about coffee and weed, and I don't want to talk about this Tracy Morgan tour too much, just because it's just like kind of my day gig. It's work. Um, it's his gig. I don't even smoke pot on the tour. Uh, he's, not, he's not smoking weed. He's not drinking. Dude is uh, fully focused on comedy and God and family and uh, just being Tracy Morgan to the fullest, and he is. So it's it's really surreal, but you get to play these wild one of the awesome one of the more awesome things. There's so many awesome things about the gig, but one of the best was playing the Beacon on Saturday night, and it was Tracy's birthday, and he had me on the show, and it was just man, I might tear up. Uh, it was uh, it was just really emotional, and it was amazing, and it was just a it was just a dope gig, just the dopest of. Tracy Alshot, I don't want to make this podcast about him, but he wore a Dapper Dan sweatsuit of Gucci. Now, Dapper Dan, if you don't know who Dapper Dan is, you don't know what fucking hip-hop is. Dapper Dan was the original... I don't mean to be preachy like that, sorry. But Dapper Dan was a fashion mogul icon, underground fashion mogul icon for the black community in New York City, especially the hip-hop community in New York City in the 80s and 90s. He kind of took all of like the fake Gucci that came out of Chinatown. Like, there's parts of this. New York is fascinating. It's a lot to do. There's fashion is a big part of it, and that was a major industry. You know, I guess all industries run through New York in some way. You know, the financial industry works here. The uh, entertainment industry works here. The pharmaceutical companies work. I mean, everybody has an office. If you're a major corporation, you're going to be in New York. But fashion is a huge deal here. Uh, but Dapper Dan was just this, There's a documentary on Netflix. Check them out. But Tracy wore one of his original sweatsuits that this guy made uh, on his birthday. It was his 50th birthday. His family was there. All the comics were there. It was all the guys opening it for him right now. One of his main writers that he does, that I think is the head writer of The Last OG, uh, was there. <clears throat> no, it was just a great, great gig. And it was for the New York Comedy Festival, which has become probably the best comedy festival in America by far. Uh, New Yorkers, like the New York comics, I would say, the comics don't really get hyped on it that much. I think tourists do. The comics, it's all kind of the top shows in New York, and then Caroline's does some really big shows at big theaters, and I was lucky enough to get on one of the big shows at the Beacon with Tracy. It was the 10 o'clock show. Mark Marin did the 8 o'clock show. Uh, 
the beacon I used to always walk by it. It's on 72nd Street. You can take the 2-3 train, and it's one of the best stops in New York is the 72nd Street. I mean, the Upper West Side is super chill um, and definitely, you know, real New York, um, but it is, you know, classic old school money New York uh, and theater district and art district and... I don't know. It's 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 a cool combination, and it definitely has. It's just a really old neighborhood. So the theater, the old theater, is just fucking dope. And the Beacon has that you know just movie style front, but even bigger than life. It's on a cool part of town, not where every not Times Square where everything is. It's but it's classic. Like Jerry Seinfeld does a whole month there. That's how good it is. He could play anywhere, and he had he takes a whole. I don't know if he's done a whole month there. I I might be exaggerating. I know he does long extended gigs, not just one nighters there, and it's a special huge deal. But what uh, the Almond Brothers? That's how I knew the Beacon the most is that the Almond Brothers every year would play like a bunch of shows. They would do twelve shows, I think, uh, in a row. The Almond Brothers just would just tear, would just pretty much move into the Beacon for a week and a half and just tear the roof off the place night after night. And it was just something, you know, like dead fans and jam band fans and country rock fans, you know, uh, knew about. Like just the Almonds, well, the Almonds, I love the Almond Brothers. Like I'm not, a, I don't know everything about the Almonds. Like if you wanted to quiz me, you would definitely call my front. Uh, pretty quick like I know a couple of the main songs I always just thought uh, the lead singer was cool and I thought his brother died early and he was a like the lead singer plays uh, piano and he just looks like a and I've seen interviews with him he actually married Cher for a while Greg Allman yeah uh, but I always seen I always liked him maybe it's because I'm you know my dad's from Virginia and I grew up a lot of my life in Virginia like I do like southern rock <laughs> like I do I like hip hop but I do I mean some good southern rock is just fucking good like Leonard Skinner if you're a musician there's something about soul music and there's something about soul music in the south kind of they just do it really good um so the Almond Brothers always was just like a really good jam band with a lot of soul. They weren't even a jam band. They had, you know, it was a multiple race band from the South that was heavy on the hippie tip. And they were probably some of the best musicians in the world because they learned from the blues greats. Like they were a blues band, like, but the Rolling Stones were from England. Like, no, these dudes... <laughs> learned from the blues greats and played in the same place and breathed the same air and had the same rhythm tones, you know, just from being in the same part of the country. And growing up, you know, you know, a lot of that stuff comes from the church and the Southern church and music being so good in the church, you know, in the South, like if you ever, you know, a Baptist, African-American Southern church, you're going to hear some really good music. And a lot of that stuff comes from there. And the Almond Brothers came from there. And uh, I just thought it was awesome that I got to play the same venue that the Almond Brothers played. Everybody played there. There's pictures. When you go in there, there's... Okay, the backstage, it's... it's Like I said, it's a three-tier... Uh, it's a th two different balconies and a lower section. 
big pit, but it's, you know, great chairs padded, and all the sides of the wall were gold leaf and all sculptured and beautiful. And uh, the different tier, there was two different tiers, uh, balconies. And for our show, it was sold out. All of that was filled. And it's New York, so the real estate, everything goes up. So the backstage area isn't that big. You pretty much go in from Amsterdam. It's on 75th Street. They told me to go around back. I had to go around back, present my ID. I had to go through some metal detectors. They gave me a bracelet. And then I go in and I run into Artie Fuqua, who's the MC for the show, who's a great comic. And he was on the Stretch and Bambito show, Bambito show. Uh, it was an internet radio show. They do an NPR show now. They're super dope hip hop pioneers of 90s hip hop. But Artie, Artie's just a classic New York comic, great comic, good dude. And uh, it's been great touring with him. Ran into him and then Tracy wasn't there. But his assistant was so Lucas, who's the man, just a young dude um, that just started with him a couple months ago. He kind of like started at the same time I did, so I get along with him. And uh, Mark Maron was there. I don't know Mark Maron. I'm just a big fan of his podcast, and I've done shows with him before, but we just weren't in the same circles, or definitely not in the same levels. He was a he was a club headliner when I started when I was an open micer and then his podcast blew up. But I remember listening to the very first one with um, Jeff Ross, who I always like. And, uh, you know, I do know Jeff from back in the day too. Um, I've done gigs with him. But both of those guys are much uh, more senior and uh, comedians than I am and just definitely some of the best out there. So I was always intimidated. And, you know, we weren't really on the same level. We did a lot of the same shows. Uh, but nowadays, every time has passed, so it's getting... But I never see Mark Maron, so that I was starstruck by that. So I got to see him because his podcast blew up so big, so that was cool. And then um, Tracy came in with his family, and I wasn't sure whether to bring my wife or not. So it was a 10-15 show. I knew it was going to be crazy. I did get Tracy a gift, uh... And uh, and then he was like, where's your wife? And I was like, oh, shit. He goes, you should have brought her. And my wife was actually a close by. So I texted her, and she got this come and hang out, too. And it was just one of the best nights. I got it on tape. It's on my Instagram. Uh, but playing the beacon was just fucking dope. And uh, I was just Googling... Uh, my, I don't know a lot of Almond Brothers, but the Almond Brothers song I really like is Soul Shine. And how's it goes? And you know, here's some of the lyrics. When you can't find the light that got you through the clouded days, when the stars ain't shining bright, you feel like you lost your way. When the candle, well, he just goes on. He just says, uh, he, my daddy used to say, let your soul shine better than sunshine, better than moonshine, damn sure better than the rain. Oh, damn, that's a good lyric right there. Look at that. No, so I recommend the Almond Brothers Soul Shine if you are uh want something to listen to in the background as I ramble on and hit some of this more uh purple kush here. I love bands. Uh I haven't seen it. Like I said that last podcast, I couldn't think of the last band I want to see haven't seen. Uh but I I would see the new Carnation of the Dead. I would go see that. That would be 
cool. And there's there's this jam band, Grateful Dead show that's really big. John, uh, spacing me. I I can Google it. Um, but seeing jam bands are good. Uh, but I also just would like to see a good rock band. The Foo Fighters. I've never seen those dudes. I would go see that concert. I would be the uh, old dude chilling out. I'm not going to even say old dude um, anymore. It is what it is. People get older. Um, you should, musicians, real musicians get better. That's what was so bad about the Allman Brothers. Like, they weren't the most popular. Even in rock, they were never, like, the number one. Or you, they just had their own lane, and they just did it. Like, it's hard to say. Like, it says that they're a jam band, but I don't think they're a jam band. They're more like a classic rock band. Like, I think the Allman Brothers is up there with, like, the Beatles and, like, the Rolling Stones. Like, they're an American rock and roll band that was, like, right behind those guys. And Dwayne Allman, people would say he's up there with Jimi Hendrix as, like, one of the best guitarists of all time. I do want to play more guitar. I have an acoustic guitar on the wall. I have it hung up on like this industrial hook thing that just holds the neck. It's perfect. And it's a great way to store your guitar. Because I had one before, but I had a case. And that's a case in New York. That's a good three feet. You know, three feet in New York, that's a lot of space. But I have a guitar hanging on the wall. I haven't played it. Some of my disciplines I've just, I have slipped. I think it's just the change in the weather. Uh, I haven't been meditating this week and I haven't been working out as much, but it's been cold and I've been traveling and I've been resting and I've been working. I've been doing a lot of the writing and organizing and then keeping up with social media. Like all that stuff is work, man. It really is, you know? People dedicate their whole life to social media but you got to to get some that's what I do like about this podcast I could tone down my social media and just put out a podcast and you know that there's enough content out there for you know you don't need that much you just need an hour you just need a good cannabis coffee hour Yeah, so the Beacon gig was great, and then I did the Florida the week before, and then I'm going to Canada. I'm going to two places in Canada. I'm going to Canada. I guess it's legal, but I'm doing, but I don't, I'm not going to smoke any pot on these gigs. I'm just going to, I'm going out with Tracy Morgan. I think we're going to take the private jet that he uses for this gig. Um, should be pretty dope. We're doing two big casinos in Canada, he says like they're like bigger than the uh, the other ones. Like, I think this is like five thousand seaters. These are really big. We're going to Regina, Saskatchewan. S K is that what it is? Uh, and then we're going to Enloch, Alberta. A B. Man, Canada is such a big country, man. And I don't know it enough. I mean, but I love Canadians, and I've and they've that whole country legalized herb, man. Give it up for Canada. I'm gonna hit this bowl one more time for them. Give it up for the great Canada, man. Maple Leaf. You know those guys. No, I mean, ever most Canadians are cool. 
and they're kind of like pacifists, but they also work hard. They're kind of hippie, but kind of square, but they're kind of cool too. Shit, man, Drake's from Toronto. Drake's the biggest hip hop artist right now. Isn't that wild? New York, man, what happened? This Canadian came down here, man. This Mountie's rapping over here. Fucking hitting up the charts, man. Come on, New York, stand up. Bust some dope-ass rhymes. Uh, no, but Canada legalized across the whole country. That is amazing. I want to go to Vancouver. I've never been to Vancouver. Um, but I have been to Quebec. And where else? Maybe just Quebec. Uh, <laughs> I've been to maybe Toronto. Maybe? I got to get a passport. I do have one. Um, I may be going to Jamaica this year for the holidays, so I may do a podcast from there. Um, drink some Blue Mountain coffee. I do enjoy doing this podcast, like doing the lavalier, and I'm interested on what kind of fans like I'm going to get. Am I going to get the coffee heads? Am I going to get the comedy heads? Am I going to get the herb heads? Um... What's it going to be? Uh, 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 we're going to put out another video soon, my friend Mookie Thompson and I. If you haven't checked it out, check out PMA. Uh, it's a video series. Uh, it's a short film series that I created and produced and executed with little money. Pretty much uh, the budget was uh, 20 bucks and some old resin was <laughs> but we put together six great episodes of these short films and we wrote scripts we did notes back and forth we did concepts we shot stuff down we found stuff off we tweaked we did last minute changes we worked with people that we were comfortable with and that we knew and that understand the tone we also were, were efficient with time and effort uh, great amount of effort, great amount of time executing uh, this short film series. But number three is rolling out, and I don't want to, but it is my favorite, favorite, favorite. And it is the concept I wrote. Um, uh, actually, number three is out right now. I wrote number four. But number one was we just did a hot trailer for the whole series. So I don't, I don't consider the number one... Uh, the first thing we rolled out, number one. I considered that a kind of like a trailer to the whole thing. Uh, but I'm doing, also doing stand-up comedy in um, D.C. over Thanksgiving. I'm at the Big Hunt, so come out to that. Uh, I'm working on new material. Uh, I got a good tape, and I sent it out to some late-night people, so hopefully that, that will work out. But... Uh, I got a good tape from the Beacon Hotel, or the Beacon Theater. I don't know what I'm talking about, hotel. Um, this purple cush does make you pretty sleepy. I hope uh, <laughs> I'm not running out of momentum. But we're 39 minutes in, and I think I can at least crank out some more rabble-dabble as I drink some more uh, New York mud. That's what I need is a little bit more coffee. I mean, actually, New York mud... And bowls of Kush go together really good. I mean, it feels like just a quilt of coffee is what I'm in. I'm in a quilt of just coffee. I could go for some biscuits. That's 
kind of what I'm uh, aching for right now. I need some biscuits. It is the cannabis coffee hour, uh, but I don't have a roll of biscuits around. I had a good roll of biscuits, man. I had the higher end. Little Annie's, or like organic Annie's, they do a Like Pillsbury's got the roll of biscuits, and you can't go wrong with a Pillsbury roll of biscuits. Even any, like that just smells good. It takes 20 minutes, hit the oven at four, 375, pop the roll, roll it out, hit it with the Pam, Pam, Pam on the pan, pop the roll, throw those biscuits down, flap, 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 flap. What about this? You ever salt and pepper your biscuits before they go in the oven? Oh, that's the move. No, the real move is to get hunks of bacon. There used to be this place that had these like, this one hipster place did biscuits really good in my old neighborhood, but I don't know, they've, so the, it changed hand. Whoever was doing the recipe wasn't, didn't, didn't keep it. Because it's hard to find good biscuits in New York. Um, but this, this, this girl, well, this cook, this chef at this place did hunks of ham. Like they were like, I think it was Canadian bacon, actually. Man, see, Canada, they got some good bacon, but it was hunks of it. It wasn't, you know, Canadian bacon is those big, like, hamburger patties. But this was like chopped up in squares and then grilled on the on the flat iron and then that was on top of the biscuits, like flaked on. It was crazy. It was one of the better biscuits and they had a lot of cracked pepper in the biscuits. When you cook, I mean, fresh cracked pepper is where it's at and sea salt. You know, it goes back to my theory of just freshiness. My next podcast is just gonna be called, yo, what's fresh? It's like everything. Somebody's gonna steal this fucking idea. I know it's too good. I got ideas all day. Companies need to line up, because uh, I got some more movie ideas. I got some film ideas. I'm working on scripts. I got a book I need to put together. Um, I need to write more. Writing is a discipline. All my disciplines are off, but my podcast discipline is pretty good right now. My seltzer discipline is getting better because I'm about to take a big sip of bubbling seltzer, all about them bubbles. You on the soda stream? <coughs> oh shit. <coughs> I think it went down the wrong tube. Sorry about that. Man, the seltzer will mess you up. But uh, yeah, this coffee's perfect, the seltzer's perfect. This podcast, I'm learning, I'm growing. Um, I need to get better with my disciplines. I guess that's what I'm saying, is I need to just like wake up and stretch first and then uh, meditate and then play guitar uh, and then do like a podcast. But I've been thinking about the podcast a lot and then thinking about these shows a lot and just taking care of myself and my life. I haven't been able to chart, I, I'm saying that, but I just, you know, everything is procrastination, and it's just like, talking about stuff doesn't make it better, you just gotta make the move, you know, you just gotta make the power move, and that's what I did with this podcast, I just made the power move, um, you know, hey, I like coffee, and weed is becoming legalized, and it's a big part of my act, I don't know if you guys have ever heard my song, Coffee and Weed, 
but I do have a song that I made uh, about eight years ago. I could play it because I have the rights. I could just play it. I could put it, dump it in this file, but I could just play it on my YouTube. Uh, you should check out my YouTube. I mean, I'm proud of my YouTube. I'll say that all day. Uh, I got three good stand-up like video edits that are like some act, some animation, some edits on just like uh, some trailers from my new album, Pure Uncut Joy. Thank you. If you've listened to Pure Uncut Joy, it's doing well on Spotify and Pandora. It's, I mean, I'm not lying. It's getting like thousands of spins a week. Uh, but the only thing is you need to have eight gazillion spins in order to make real money over there, I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen much money from those guys. But hopefully, the, you know, I think with doing this podcast and building up. But my YouTube channel um, is, uh, yeah, look it up. What is my YouTube channel? It's Rob Cantrell. I'm just trying to get the proper web address. And I'm getting like this from, um, you just put Rob Cantrell into Google <laughs> and put YouTube. Let's do that. It's just, I think it's like Rob Cantrell 77. No. Let's see. Is there a proper name for my fucking channel? No, just just Google it up. I do have a channel. Uh, you can find it through my website, robcantrell.com. See, that's a bit. Who runs New York? That's all about... Uh, you should check that out. That's But I did that. Uh, I filmed that myself guerrilla style. It's a short film. But I aligned my uh, stand-up comedy track. But I did two songs. Shout out to Adam Dubin, who directed my first uh, Coffee and Weed video. This is it. And it has Rick Manello in it. And it's a... Rick Manello actually uh, directed a bunch of movies and wrote a movie. But he also directed some of the early LL Cool J videos. And these guys were friends with Rick Rubin. And Adam Dubin actually directed uh, the first Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party, as well as uh, No Sleep to Brooklyn. And his wife, Rocky Dubin, who's awesome, um, was a comedy booker. She booked Bonnaroo. She was this really cool, she was Canadian. She is Canadian. I ran into them the other day. We went and had eggs. They live near me in Brooklyn, and the, he helped me shoot this video. And Arge Barker's in. Shout out to Al Arge Barker. This is a little bit of it. But uh, yeah, I wrote this song called Coffee and Weed. It was after I heard, like, it was actually on Sirius. It was in my brother-in-law's car, but I heard Bob Dylan do this song about coffee and cigarettes. And I was like, I should do a song about coffee and weed. That's kind of where it came from. And I really liked coffee and I liked weed. And when I lived in San Francisco, when I first started out with comedy, that's where I performed. I performed mostly in coffee shops. And I wrote in coffee shops during the day. And then I would perform at a comedy club, The Punchline, every like once a month or so. But yeah, coffee shops in Herb is kind of like how I started comedy. And it's just one of my, you know, major loves. And that's why I enjoy doing this podcast. 
But I also love doing the music, and I'm learning a lot about GarageBand. And I cleaned up the um, I cleaned up the theme music, the intro music. Uh, I've been changing it up and doing it different. And this next one, I'm gonna like number three, the CBD latte. I played the music for too long. It's like seven minutes into the podcast. But then a Tahoe Farms, I only played it for like 10 seconds. It was I needed something right in the middle. I need to, I enjoy the beats on this podcast. I enjoy making them. So I'm going to keep on making them and just playing with the format and mixing it up. And I also like that I'm doing it myself. It does cut down on the prep and the anxiety and the location. So it's just something I can do all the time. I'm going to be drinking coffee anyway. Um... And I'm definitely going to have some cannabis anyway, so I might as well make it a podcast, you know what I'm saying? I definitely appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Uh, How have I been zenning it out lately? Uh, uh, I have a fireplace, so we've been building fires, so that's been... Man, there's nothing better, you know... You might say the East Coast is whack or, you know, the cold or the winter is whack, but there's nothing better than a fire and just fucking laying low. That's what I feel like doing. I hope you're laying low. That's what these times are, you know, when the when it gets dark earlier and it gets colder out. It's just natural, just like a bear to hibernate. You just want to go lay low and listen to a podcast. Uh in your bed with your quilt and a a cup of lukewarm coffee next to you that you may sip later on to just get yourself out of bed. Or maybe you just go to bed. Maybe take a big slug of uh, seltzer water and go to bed. I might do that after this podcast. But I got the rest of the day. I'm I'm a little bit in the morning. Uh, So that's why maybe my energy's a little bit all over the place. Uh... But I'm having fun. I'm going to Canada this uh, weekend. I'm flying up there, and it's gonna weed's gonna be legal. I gotta get a, my passport. I have a passport. I know where it is. Uh, I have to go get it. I'm not gonna tell you where it is. Uh, I gotta have some things on lockdown. Um, but yeah, going to Canada. I got. I'm, we're rolling out another PMA film, so look out for that short film. Tell me what you think about these beats. What do I, what's my intention uh, for the future? My intention is just be good to myself, be kind to myself, be grateful for every moment and every second. Uh, try to stay away from drama. Try to clear my mind of just like the drama of life and all the politics, but also engage in an intelligent way and be truthful about the direction of the country and you know just be truthful about how you feel uh i don't feel good with the whole trump administration but at the same time i don't want to be i don't like the hysteria i don't this hysteria sometimes creeps me out it's just everything's so extreme these days and oversaturation of media, it's almost like we all have to do a recheck. We all have to go out in the mountains and take a big hit of acid and rethink this whole thing 
all over again. Like, that's, I mean, right now, like, my dream is to do comedy. If I can do gigs like The Beacon for the rest of my life and go fishing. That's what I liked about Greg Allman. When we were in Florida, the, Greg Allman was from there. And we stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And it was awesome. And the Hard Rock Hotel rooms are pretty cool. I like them, actually. It's well organized. It's a little bit different. It's a little rock and roll. It was Vegas. So the bed was big and cool. The 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 technology was all up to date. Like I think they even had Netflix on the thing. And the shower was big and it had steam control. And I got to watch. I took a shower and I wa and I got some room service. And I watched a documentary about Greg Allman on the Hard Rock Channel in Vegas. But Greg Allman was fl from Florida, but he said all he loved to do, he was, he was very sad. When you see like videos of these old rockers that have been successful for a long time, it's really cool because it's just like, there's so many people in life that can't be themselves. I'm not saying they are themselves. I mean, you know, old rock stars are still playing a little bit of the rock star role, but he was just a long haired hippie, you know, probably smoked a lot of pot when he was young, great musician. And he just was so appreciative of playing and just being able to still play and still enjoy it. And he still was looking to the future. But they asked him, he's like, all I want to do is play music and fish. <laughs> he wants to go fishing. That's what I want to go fishing. That's my new thing. And I don't want to go fly fishing and all extreme or even deep sea fishing. I want to go to lake, a rowboat with maybe a single motor, bologna sandwiches, no phone, no technology, barbecue chips, water, maybe a Dr. Pepper, maybe a candy bar, um, but mostly maybe an apple, just some fruit, some nature, some chill zone. Uh, that's something I've been looking forward to. Uh, so yeah, Greg Allman, another thing about Greg, he was such a pacifist, or I don't know if he was a pacifist, he was just talking about how he got out of the draft he shot himself in the foot with a 38 revolver. That's how he got in the draft. Because in his day, it was Vietnam. Could you imagine, you know, just being like 17 and you're a musician from the South that's just discovered weed and music and your dream. And then all of a sudden, they want to send you, you know, to a foreign land. Your country wants to put a gun in your hand and tell you, you know, who to kill. That's the thing about Vietnam. He said he... He loved the country and he would fight for the country if anybody came over here. But he thought Vietnam was just, you know, a political... And it was uh, a political coup, a political... There's something sketchy about just going over there and messing with these other countries in the Middle East and in uh, the Far East. Um, you know... Uh, yeah, war sucks. <laughs> I guess that's all, all I got to say to that. And that, uh, you know, Greg Allman shot himself in the foot to get out of, you know, being in a war. Maybe I should just finish this podcast. Uh, well, this was number five. And I have to say, I love this New York mud. This is good coffee. It's just good coffee. Is it? It's just good. It's good coffee. It's hippie mud. I'm in the hippie zone. I got the glass bowl. I got the, I got the purple Kush. Um, 
I'm talking about the Almond Brothers to myself and this plant, this fern, and hopefully you. So thanks for listening. Peace, love. Uno, have fun. Dos, Do your thing. Tres, cuatro. Hey!